0: Hungry homies, here is a breakfast I always get out of bed for. The Thomas's original Nooks and Crannies English Muffins. There is nothing quite like that irresistible Nooks and Crannies texture. Perfectly toasted, crispy edges with a soft, warm center. They're so easy to prepare, you just pull them apart or, if you must use a fork to separate the Thomas's English muffin into halves, you lightly toast them, you top them with butter, and you watch with your beautiful own eyes how it melts into all those amazing little nooks and crannies spaces. The Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English muffins are a one of a kind eating experience with a delicious crunchy, soft, warm, burst of flavor in every warm, toasty, buttery bite. If you haven't already, you have to try Thomas's Nooks and Crannies English Muffins. They are truly like no other. Taste Buds, time to talk about Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. I need an amazing deal. I have to go to New York tomorrow. I think I'm going to use Hotel Tonight. All it takes is 10 seconds. Just three taps and a swipe. That's pretty easy. I'm excited for this. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. Perfect, whether you are a planner or you are like me, and you've left things to the very last minute. And... Hotel Tonight's got a, a perks program, the HT Perks Program. The more you book, the better the deals you get. So start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Before we get into today's outstanding and delicious house of carbs, a couple things going on at The Ringer at the moment. Get yourself to the TheRinger.com. Everything you need to know about the Supreme Court gambling decision by the Ringer staff, multiple articles covering multiple angles. If you're like me, you need all angles covered. Get on there and get excited about what the future may hold as it relates to the possibility of gambling in these great United States of ours. Also this week on the Ringer Podcast Network, the Dave Chang show, Dave has on the incomparable Mallory Rubin. Chang and Mallory chop it up on Star Wars The Last Jedi. It's not quite a recappable or, or a rewatchable. They're just talking it. They're just rehashing it. Star Wars The Last Jedi, Dave Chang and Mallory Rubin. Check that out. And now, my famished friends, let's get in that belly. It's time for House of Carbs. All right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades, we've done it. We are back for yet another House of Carbs, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. This is, as you know, my hungry homies. The food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people. I am your perpetually hungry host, Joe House. What a show we have today. We are humbled and honored. Shea Serrano is on here talking about his favorite seafood restaurant in all of America. And of course, we have outstanding food news with Juliet Littman. Did you know that there are bears in Rockaway? Let's get in that belly, my friends. Oh, my hungry homies, we are, we are humbled, we are honored, and as always, we're a little bit hungry. We have an unbelievable super-duper star as a guest today. This man is a two-time New York Times best-selling author. His book, Basketball and Other Things, made it onto to Barack Obama's favorite books of 2017. He just had a gym Named after him, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Shay Serrano. Welcome to House <laughs> of Cards.
1: That's, that's quite an entrance that you just set me up with.
0: Thank you. I, I mean, look, you were a man of your stature. Now, here's the, the, the curious thing to me, the most curious thing. Now, you have, I think you've been the Ringer employee of the month 10 out of the last 12 months. But somehow or another, we can't get you a podcast. How, how how is it, Shay, that we can't? We haven't yet come up with a podcast for Shay Serrano. I have pitched at least
1: nine different very good podcast ideas, and all of them keep getting shot down by Tate Frazier.
0: The Tate, Tate the Snake is doing that <clears throat> snaky work, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's terrible. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Like I turn it, we record it. I turn it. I send it in and he's like oh you did a good job in this and then just delete and i never see it again <laughs>
0: that's 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 the Tate Frazier style i don't know what to say well we're very honored to have you on house of carbs today uh i want to begin with um this this uh Dialogue that myself and the Podfather Bill Simmons had maybe about uh, three weeks ago. So we we took a look at all of the cities featuring NBA basketball teams mm-hmm. uh, in the in the playoffs, these 2018 playoffs, and we tried to rank those cities based on how delicious the food in that city is. Okay, and. You uh, have you, you you have the benefit of of uh, insider perspective on two of the cities that that made that list. Now, uh, you're a native of San Antonio, and you you currently live in Houston. We had Houston in the number two spot, and and I'm interested in getting your thoughts on that. But first, we had San Antonio. San Antonio came in twelfth, and the reason <laughs> that it came in twelfth, and I'll just tell you now. Bill Simmons is the author of this. I, I might have uh, uh, agreed with him a little bit, but I don't have a very, you know, uh, expansive experience in San Antonio. Bill's been there quite a bit and spent a lot of time there covering the NBA Finals. I mean, he's a big, big wheeler dealer. So he's been all to all those San Antonio Spurs Finals. Uh, he he's said that, that uh, San Antonio is kind of a one-note food town. That, is, that it's it's mainly that, that Tex-Mex kind of variety. Well, can you give us a little bit of insight into the food scene in San Antonio? I would
1: say that that is almost exactly right. We do have other foods <laughs> there. But, All right. But being like discounting that San Antonio is a one-note kind of food town is like yeah. getting mad at Tim Duncan because he shoots it off the backboard. Like that's what we're good at. We're just going to keep doing that. Until someone can stop us. San Antonio should have been number two on y'all's list. Just off of the strength of of Tex-Mex alone, which is the best kind of food on the planet. Number one, Houston should have been number one. Because Houston is also very good at Tex-Mex, but they also have some other food. They're very good Vietnamese food, very good barbecue. Um, There's like a variety there. So sure, you can slide them in at number one. But 12th for San Antonio is ridiculous. I remember when this podcast came out because I got like several thousand tweets about it <laughs> because i believe the line was there's a ceiling on mexican food or something like that uh, oh
0: yeah yeah now again I, I don't think i said that i think that was the pod father
1: yeah that was bill uh, that said that but when i saw the line i was like well of course there's a ceiling on it the ceiling is heaven because it's delicious heaven. and perfect. like that's where the top is of course
0: so let let's uh delve into your your order and maybe we can uh, give some shout outs to the taquerias in 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 San Antonio. I I mean maybe in the first place met, let me not presume anything. Where would you <laughs> where where would you go? It doesn't have to be a taqueria in, in San Antonio. It could be any kind of joint.
1: No, it's going to be a, a a Jalisco of that sort. There's a place called Mendez Cafe off of Southwest Military, which is like the bad part of town, part of the bad part of town, but they have the best tacos in the state of Texas. And uh, they only take cash, and they are only open until like 2 in the afternoon. And they're only open on days when they want to be open. They just will sort of close up for three days
0: for no reason at all. Um, well, I, they, they have it like that, so they can do that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, we, we've seen your order on, on the Twitter. It's always a big red. There's always multiple tacos on there. Mm-hmm. It looks to me— well actually let me just ask what is inside those tacos? Uh the
1: order that you're talking about is the same lunch uh every day I'm in the office it is one barbacoa and bean taco. Okay. It is one bean and cheese taco and
0: one big red with the with the salsa verde. And 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 that, so that was the next question. The green sauce is salsa verde. Is that uh, I'm not going to try and salsa verde. It's <laughs> the best I can do. I got Italian. I can't get this out of my mouth. <laughs> what? Uh, what is that? A spicy sauce? The way they serve it? Yeah, it's a spicy sauce. It's spicy. Okay. All right. So uh, the, fir- the, the 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 next question: Why big red over jaritos? You're you're doing like some hard
1: work here, trying to sound out these words. I appreciate. <laughs> I appreciate you trying. Um, We're trying. Uh, that's a that's a very Texas drink. Big Red. They just okay. It's in like baby bottles in San Antonio. You just grow up with it. So it's that's more indicative of the Tex-Mex version of Mexican food. Like the Jarritos is with. That's usually with actual Mexican food for the most part. Ah, you know. Okay. Like it, it, you sort of are 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 mixing two things there. I got it. Okay.
0: Well, then uh, I'm glad you got it straight. All right. So if, if, if uh, I want to I wanna put a, a what looks to me like it could be a difficult challenge, but maybe this is something that you've, uh, you've already dealt with and overcome. If you have to ha- pick one between Wingstop and Mendez, what, what's the choice?
1: Oh, it's got to be Mendez. I love Wingstop and how like trashy good it is. And you know, it, it, but Wingstop is a situational food. You can't eat Wingstop every day, you, okay, or else you will you, die. You, you 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 could eat Mendez every day. Oh, easily. I eat uh, tacos at least once a day. Okay,
0: at least. So so that feeds into uh, my next line of questioning. Now you've been public on the Twitter about working on a diet. Mm-hmm. You you. uh you said that that all the hard work with the book and the television shows you have in pre-production and and the world tour that you're on, <laughs> promoting basketball and other things, you put on 15 pounds, but you're working to get that off. Is that 15 pounds? What where did that come from?
1: That came. Wait, where did the weight come from? It came from yeah, terrible eating. That's where it came from. <laughs> it came,
0: terrible eating and and no
1: exercise. And Is no right? exercise. Just sitting. I'm sitting down right now. I was sitting down earlier today. That's just. I spent a a big part of my day sitting down, so yeah, I gained a bunch of weight. Plus, I'm 36 now, and when you're 36, you eat, like, one thing, and then you just turn fat, so (laughs) that's where I am.
0: Well, you know, the the meal that we just outlined that you have once a week, those tacos, that's not necessarily um, bad food. Like, that's not food that would necessarily go right to your waistline.
1: No, Uh, that's that's not, but again, it's not once a week. It's, like, once a day if I'm in the office.
0: Well but still that's not necessarily <laughs> the worst. I mean that's like a protein, the beans, <laughs> you know. It's the uh,
1: it's the tortillas is what does it I believe.
0: Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. But uh the the thing that I'm I want to tread lightly here. How how often is wingstop making an appearance?
1: I probably eat wingstop. It depends really. Again, it's situational. But like during football season, it's every Sunday for sure, 100%. Um, okay. During during basketball season or whatever, probably, like, once every two or three weeks. Okay. I mean, that's not, that's, that's not 15 pounds worth right there. No, but the thing is I eat, like, six meals a day. I just all day <laughs> am eating. And plus I'm really bad about, like, or I was really bad about soda and candy and honey buns and shit like that. Uh, um, so anytime I, like, if I say I'm on a diet, that just means instead of eating nine honey buns this week, I'm going to only eat, like, three of them.
0: But that's it. That's that's how we do it. I mean, that's the right way to the path of of, of righteousness. Um, <laughs> and those those calories are are, are uh, you can replace those with with healthy items if if you so choose. You don't have to, but you could.
1: Yeah, healthy stuff sucks. Every time I I'm, I'm in LA right now. Every time I come out here. I'm walking, like, office to office, and everybody's eating just bowls of grass and water. I've seen it. I've been there. It's so bad. Like, what do you got? I'm like, hey, do you have a snack? Oh, here's some... Unsalted almonds or whatever. <laughs> like this is bullshit.
0: I, I'll give you a bullshit. candy bar. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad that you you mentioned that you're in LA right now because uh, this is also part of, of my interrogation today. I I've been out a few times and I've done some some great eating. I want to know do, do they do they show you proper respect uh, and take you around to a couple of of LA's finest when you're out there?
1: Yeah, we usually go to there are two like. Two versions of people who are taking me out to eat. If I come to L.A., there's usually um, like a fancy person, and that fancy person will take me to a very fancy restaurant. Like uh-huh. last night, we went to dinner at this place called Connie and Ted's, which is a very nice like seafood style place. I had a lobster. It was delicious. Delicious. But it was also like $70, which was awful. Like I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that at the time right? when I ordered it. Um, that's so, a big lobster you didn't order the small one no I was like just give me whatever give me something delicious and so there's that person and then there's a person who's like hey I'm gonna take you to, we're gonna go eat and then it's in like the fucking back of a car wash and <laughs> that's... those are the only two places I go <laughs> well wait,
0: has Bill Simmons taken you out to eat yet?
1: yeah he's he's in the fancy list uh, yeah right 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 yeah. yeah have you
0: made it over to to the David Chang restaurant? no I'm not that important yet Okay, well, we need to crack that seal because we need a, a review from a legit on-the-ground hungry homie like yourself. <laughs> you know, we, we we have we have a lot of elevated palates out there that we hear from, and we know what they're going to say about an experience like that. But we like to keep it real on, uh, here on House of Carbs. Yeah. Um. So, so, so uh, you, I know, are working on uh, a house. In, in San Antonio you're moving <laughs> back to your to your birthplace right is that right
1: yeah that's right we're moving this summer
0: yeah so uh a couple questions along the, those lines here's the first one the house is, is is all done you're all moved in you've got uh kid a kid B the baby everybody's in where's the first place you're going to eat?
1: The first place would be—it's got to be, be Mendez. Every time I go to San Antonio, <laughs> that's the first place we go eat. That's my number one spot, man. Like I'm not a—I'm right. not a big going out to eat guy. I usually—I prefer to eat at the house. So I only sure. go to like three restaurants, and in San Antonio, Mendez is first on my list always.
0: Okay, well that that that's fair enough. Now. Uh, you, you just gave us a little bit of insight. I was going to ask you a little bit about your Houston experience. How long have you been in Houston now?
1: We've been in Houston for
0: about 14 years. Okay, so you've you've had an opportunity to see that Houston food scene really grow up and start to get recognized on a national stage, and the diversity of cuisine you mentioned it your own self a little bit the Vietnamese, mm-hmm. the Cajun Vietnamese, the Tex Mex, Tex Mex, the barbecue. Let's for the for all our taste buds out there, let's let's um, lay out two or three joints. That you are are in your tried and true list. That I, I understand you don't necessarily go out and eat at them, but maybe you'll go pick up something and bring it back to the house.
1: Right, right, right. I've got maybe five places in all of Houston that I go eat. There's one place it's called Laredo. It's a it's a Jalisco as well, and that's where I get the my like barbecue tacos or whatever. Um, yeah. So that's my like lunchtime spot. There's a place called La Crawfish. I believe it's run by like uh, by some Vietnamese people. And it's the best crawfish in the city for me. Um, and they also do to go order, which is great. So I've got LA crawfish, I've got Laredo. There's a sushi place that I really like called Aka uh-huh. Sushi. Okay. Um. And there's a barbecue place called Killins, which is like a nationally recognized barbecue place. And then my last spot is Chacho's, which is like trashy drive-through Mexican food, but it's really good.
0: And again, it's a drive-through, so I like Perfect. it. Perfect. That fits. That fits your your angle. Now, how how are you and your wife taking care of the boys? Uh, you know, they they uh, are are at young enough ages now where y'all are still responsible for feeding them every day. They're not feeding themselves yet. Mm-hmm. Um, are you uh, are you doing the cooking, or, or is your 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 lovely wife doing the cooking?
1: Uh, usually, if we're at the house, she probably cooks maybe three times a week. Okay. And then the other two, it's like, will I, we're, go, we're going somewhere. Or they have like a routine every Tuesday. They go to a restaurant for like mom and son time or whatever. And, they, ah. and then Friday night, every Friday night, we order Chinese food for like our Friday family movie night. Yes. So Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, she's usually cooking something.
0: Okay. And, and do the boys have a, a, a particular favorite?
1: Yeah, she makes a very good gumbo and they're, oh. they're big fans of that. She's maybe got like four or five signature dishes that is, if she's cooking one of those, everybody's really excited about eating. Um, she's where, very where, good. Where, go ahead. I was going to say she's very good at, at that part. If I'm in charge of the food that night, it's usually like like good luck to the boys. Like if, <laughs> if she's going out with her friends, she uh. goes, you know, feed the kids. I say, all right. Here's like a pack of of hot dogs. I hope you like cold hot dogs or whatever.
0: <laughs> now I'm interested in this gumbo recipe. Where did where does she get uh, her bona fides from when it comes to the gumbo?
1: Uh, that's it. That's a family gumbo that they've all been cooking on her side of the family for 700 years. Oh, so a family recipe. Yeah, it's really, really. It's from like it's legit from scratch. Like, she makes a roux herself and everything. Oh, I so, hate. Oh, yeah, okay. It's,
0: it's special. Well, how, uh, is it, is it a secret or could we get it out of her?
1: Uh, I'm sure she would tell you, like, I don't know how many ingredients are in it. Let's say there are 10 ingredients. She would probably tell you what. Seven of them were, and then lied to you about the other three, so that
2: <laughs> you couldn't do it.
0: Now, is she is she a, like a, a, a shrimp, sausage, chicken kind of gumbo? Like, what? What or is there one uh, protein that predominates in, in in your wife's gumbo? I just like
1: we just had this conversation over the weekend. We went to a restaurant, and one of the boys ordered gumbo because he thought it was going to be like hers, and it yeah. showed up, and there was chicken in it, and I had no idea that people put chicken in gumbo. I don't understand because th- this particular gumbo was called seafood gumbo and I'm pretty <laughs> sure there aren't any chickens in the sea. So that was weird, but yeah, um, when she makes it it's sausage, it's shrimp and crab legs. Those are the main the main pieces of protein. Crab legs. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it now forgive me for not knowing this. Where where is she from?
1: She's from Houston. She's from South Houston. South Houston, or okay. Southwest so she Houston, has rather.
0: she has a tradition and she's had great exposure to uh mm-hmm. um a wonderful seafood and a whole variety. The crab legs have stole me for a loop. I haven't heard of crab legs in gumbo before.
1: Oh man, you uh, gotta do it. It's very, very it's way better than chicken. Chicken doesn't make any sense.
0: It's not like the same family as shrimp, you know? Now you, do you she cooks it in there and then you pull it out and crack it open and eat the meat and the leg? Yeah. Is that how you do it? Exactly. Oh, my! Uh, this is a whole a whole new deal. Now, up here in the DMV in Washington, DC, uh, we're situated proximate to the Chesapeake Bay, and I grew up with Maryland blue crabs. I have, you know, crab cakes in my DNA, uh, and old old bay seasoning is also. if you cut me, that I'll bleed a little old bay. Um, <laughs> so I, 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 I love a good crab. Now what, what are the crabs that I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Do you know what kind of crab is down there in in uh, in Houston? I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. I mean, maybe may a blue crab. I just don't know. I don't uh, think
1: it's blue. I think it's the other one. It's the same size as a blue crab, but it's not the
0: blue crab. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I, I, let, let's let's touch a little bit more on San Antonio, then then I'll let you go. All right. um, b- besides Mendez, uh, let, let's give the hungry homies out there like two or three other joints. Um, because you're going to be back there, they're going to see you on the street. You can't go to Mendez every day, or well, maybe you can, but you you can't go there for lunch and dinner. Let's let's give uh our, our the culinary comrades a couple other joints in San Antonio.
1: <laughs> this is going to be so disappointing for you because I'm not like a food guy.
0: No, 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 no. You 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 are a food guy. I've seen you eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so here's a here's a here's a very like underground spot in San Antonio that most people probably don't know about and you're going to go there and you're going to find it's actually kind of good red lobster red lobster is delicious
0: <laughs> it is delicious i mean there's no denying it okay that's what the, 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 maybe we should end it there.
1: <laughs> that's one of my that's one of my go-tos that's one of your go-tos all right um, i feel like in in the office when michael Spot, michael scott goes to new york and he's like oh it's one of my favorite pizza places and it's a sparrow you know, that's what um, I feel like I'm doing um, right now. No, I don't understand why red lobster has a bad reputation. It's very good. You can't eat it often. You've only got to no. eat it like every four months. Um, but when uh, the, when that four-month mark rolls around, it's really good. It's something to look forward to. Do the boys enjoy the red lobster? Uh, they do not. <laughs> Laramie, Laramie has them eating like very good proper yeah. food.
2: Um, right.
1: I I don't. So my other uh, my other spot that I go to, I'll give you one more. It is yeah. a corner store called Valley Mart, and they have a pizza place in there. Oh and, sure, uh, sure. I have been going there for so long since like high school, that they they let me make my own pizza every time I go to San Antonio, and yeah. uh, so I'm back there hey. in like flip flops and uh, and
0: no gloves throwing pepperonis around. Throwing dough. It's really good. Nobody, nobody out there, all all of our uh, taste buds, the culinary comrades, everybody knows one of our first guests on House of Carbs, Chris Bianco. Uh, possibly the most famous pizza maker in all of the world, Pizza, uh, P- uh Bianco in, in, uh, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, the, the, the Tucson area, Arizona area. He got started in a convenience store. He was, he was slinging dough in a convenience store there in Arizona. So nobody sh- should, be looking down their nose of what you're talking about, Brother <laughs> Shrano. I, I, everybody knows. So that, that's, that's where great, great things can happen in, 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 uh, in 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 small environments like that. Well, there you go. That's it. All right, Shay. Thank you for coming on today. Now, look, we we know that you're you're on the hustle. You have seven things going on uh, at the same time, all at once, always. Uh, what is like percolating in your world at this moment?
1: Uh a thing right that you
0: can reveal that you can reveal.
1: Yeah, I have a new podcast that I'm pitching to Tate Frazier tomorrow. So I'm hoping <laughs> mm-hmm. that that goes well. That's what, what I've been
0: working on. What's that going to be? What's it going to be called?
1: It's going to be called. I don't want to tell you the title because I don't want okay. people to steal it. It's a really yep. good title. Okay, okay. And that's all I got. That's what I'm focusing all of my energy <laughs> on finally getting
0: a podcast. I, I mean, can I ask uh, uh, semi-seriously? I'm very excited about the Rap Yearbook. How far along is that? The, the television version of the Rap oh, Yearbook, oh, the
1: documentary. It's it's going. Yeah, the documentary. It's going really well. We are I, we are going to have it air in early 2019, if I'm not mistaken. They're filming it right now. Um, the TV side of everything is a weird world to be a part of now. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, the people who are in charge are very good at it. So I just sort of sit in the background and, like, tell everybody good job every
0: three weeks. Now, you know who who is part of that project, I believe, that is um, a huge food f- fan and might be able to give some some thoughts and observations is Questlove.
1: Yeah, Questlove is—he's uh, one of the executive producers. Uh, Black Thought is another executive producer from the Roots. Yeah, yeah those guys are are really, really— just intimidatingly smart i uh, I' tell you a quick little thing when they first started like brainstorming for the session they said hey Shay I got an email hey Shay you can call in and like Skype in or video in or listen we're gonna be going over everything and I said all right cool I'm gonna do that and I called in thinking I was gonna have like some great insight because I had spent you know two years working on this book and research and everything and just off of the top of their heads quest 11 black dot just They knew every single thing about every single thing. It was so crazy to hear them tell stories about music. Like, just listening to them to talk, I go, oh, this documentary is going to be really, really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, encourage you, if you have the opportunity, pick Quest Love's brain a little bit uh, about, you know, some, some food topics. Are you still uh, doing the, the book tour? Are you still circulating these great United States of ours? I'm going to ask him about how
1: he feels about Red Lobster. That's the first thing I'm going to ask him.
0: <laughs> I bet he says he'll love it. I bet he <laughs> says that he, that he loves it.
1: Uh, yes, he's got to be pro That's what I'm anticipating. Red Lobster. The pro bo- Red Lobster. Yeah, the book tour is... No, the book came out in October of last year. The tour the book tour usually lasts like maybe 2 months or something and then after that okay. you just do whatever.
0: Yeah, okay, I got you. I mean, I know you were in Dallas recently and I thought it was for the book, but maybe it wasn't for the book.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I was just giving a talk with a, for another place, but since I'm there, usually if I go to like a town or city or whatever and I give a talk, then I'll do a book signing afterward just cuz we're there.
0: Yeah. And then and then you go to Red Lobster to eat afterwards. And then Red Lobster afterwards
1: for celebratory um, they call it the, oh, what is it called? Like the feast or something like that. The, the ultimate the sh- feast.
0: The, the, the shrimp trio. That's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> that's, what guy, that's my spot, my joint at the Red Lobster. All right, Shea Serrano, the two-time New York Times bestselling author. Keep an eye out for... The rap yearbook documentary coming out at the beginning of 2019 and uh, his his uninterrupted streak of ringer employee of the month. I expect to see it. You know, they'll come out with the with the May announcement soon enough. I know your streak is going to uh, keep alive. Thanks for coming on today on the House of cars <laughs> I'm right, well- All right, my famished friends, humongous thanks to Shay Serrano for taking a little bit of time down from his lofty perch and humbling uh, us with, with his presence here on House of Carbs. Quick minute before we jump over to food news, I want to tell you about SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek's the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you are catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. It is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. To get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek is grading every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I like all of those things, but most of all, I like sports. It is baseball season, which means it's SeatGeek season for me to get tickets down to the Washington Nationals as they make their way back to their rightful place, first place in the National League East. Best of all my Hungry Homers. The House of Carbs listeners are getting $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the app, SeatGeek, enter promo code CARBS today. That's promo code C-A-R-B-S for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, the right seat right now, right from your phone. Hungry Homies also very pleased to tell you a little bit about our friends at Hanes. Since 1901, Hanes has always been innovating. They've gotten rid of itchy tags. They've destroyed bacon neck, and they have even eliminated odor. It is no wonder that Hanes is America's number one brand of underwear, and they just keep on keeping on. They made them more comfortable. Comfort Flex Fit underwear is the latest innovation in comfort from Hanes. Comfort Flex Fit is cool. Comfort Flex Fit is comfortable. Comfort Flex Fix. Oh, I, I almost did it. Comfort Flex Fit is supportive. It's so comfortable. You'll forget you're wearing it. I have them on right now. I forgot it until I started reading this. How did they do it? a breathable pouch for support and a roomy fit that is important not to mention these boxer briefs are incredibly soft the legs don't ride up they're really like athletic wear I play golf in these joints because they are extremely comfortable for walking, for rising, for sitting, for pulling my birdie putts out of the hole. You know what I'm talking about. You will want to replace all your underwear after you try these joints. With nearly universal, five star reviews. Everyone is obsessed. These guys really know how to make underwear and it won't break the bank. This is what I love. You can get a pack of three of these Hanes Comfort Flex Fit for 15 bucks. That's less than half of what you pay for a single pair of crazy expensive designer underwear do like me get yourself two packs 30 bucks that's six that's a week's worth my friends you can double down on saturday and sunday you know what i'm saying how unbelievable are these deli- these wonderfully comfortable underwear how about this go give them a try at hanes.com or wherever you buy your haynes all right my taste buds my hungry homies, my famished friends. It is now time for Food News.
2: Yo, Juliet. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. I thought, I thought there was another beat coming there. I didn't know that I was just a yo, Juliet, but I'm here. Hey. Hi.
0: hi. <laughs> How are you?
2: You know, I'm doing great. Um, I love food. I just had some tacos for lunch in case you were wondering. Well, it's a, it's, it's a
0: theme for today's show. We had on as a, as our esteemed guest, Shea Serrano, who went through his taco order at Mendez in, in, in San Antonio. He's trying to make Mendez famous. Maybe it's already famous. Interesting. Uh, I, but, don't,
2: I don't know it. Well,
0: what's your, what's your taco order?
2: This was just from the like cafeteria on the lot here. Oh, sure. Like our studio. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. But, sure. I love breakfast tacos, which they have in Austin, na- neighbor of San Antonio.
0: Yeah, well, I I'm lo- those Migos. Oh, yeah. Right? So
2: good. Yeah. So good. And also, um, there's a t- breakfast taco place near me in Los Feliz called Home State that's about to open its third location, in fact. And it's so it's so effing good. So I think a breakfast taco is my favorite kind of taco. But I also like a gringo taco, you know, crunchy with the, like, the toast, like the one you just make at home on the stovetop. Love that too.
0: I will tell you, I had a regret this weekend. Uh I had a birthday. Really? I had a birthday and uh I was up early. My son was up early, so we were up doing our thing, and and I was I was hungry the morning of my birthday, and my my beloved wife, God bless her, is like, I'll run out and get you something to eat. What do you want? And it's it was like it's a rarity uh, that we do any kind of a breakfast sandwich thing uh, on the weekend. Most of the time, we're like kind of coffee and then into whatever the activity of the day is, and then lunch sure. is our first meal. Um, so I, I gave it some thought and I picked this like this small place that does a really nice job with breakfast sandwiches. And of course, I ordered three of them. But uh, the thing that I regretted afterwards is. My, I'm, I'm hot to trot right now. There's a place called District Taco here in DC and there's one very close to my house and they have breakfast tacos available all day long and they're, and they're, they're magnificent. If the ingredients are spectacular and you, they'll customize it however you want. You want double meat. If with you want double the chorizo, you want, you know, double the barbacoa and double the egg and double the cheese. They'll do that. You want some potato in there. They'll do that. Any, any way you want it. It's—I don't want to call it the Burger King of of your brec- of breakfast tacos, but however you want it, they'll do it. And I, I regretted not, you know, jumping uh, on that. All I—all all it made me do was resolve that I'm getting to District Taco for some breakfast tacos this weekend.
2: Oh, nice! Yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, shout out well, District Taco.
2: I hope you enjoy it. I promise that That's I some, will. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. In the meantime, let me tell you about some other food stories—not not personal experience.
0: Yeah, and not tacos.
2: Not at all. Um, okay, house, are you ready?
0: I'm. I'm ready. Always.
2: This is a story for which we have Justin Timberlake to blame, and it comes to us from Food and Wine. Justin Timberlake, you know him. He was in In Sync. I've and heard of him. Now he's a a solo star. He just got a, st- a star star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He did. And yes, still so, well, in sync. In sync, did all together.
0: Oh, in sync. Okay, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Good. Whew, that's a relief. <laughs>
2: In uh, the world is fruit. His legacy may just be starting. Last year, the pop star went viral with an Instagram video praising oh. the simplicity of shoving a blueberry into a raspberry and eating them together, a concoction he dubbed a Brassberry. I just want to say... It's not even a concoction. It's just like putting two things together. Now, one of America's best-known fruit companies, Driscoll's, has made Berries a pre-packaged reality. This week, Driscoll's turned to the same social network that Timberlake used to make Berries famous—Instagram—to tease its latest creation. New berry launch, the brand wrote. The fresh from the farm raspberries are an out-of-this-world flavor combination. At Justin Timberlake, be on the lookout in a grocery store near you. Indeed, the corresponding image that they posted showed a plastic container full of raspberries with an individual blueberry delicately stuffed within each one with April 1st clearly in our rear view as food and wine points out the question became is this real and yes Driscoll's confirmed that though this berry mashup isn't on the market yet they're currently being packaged for promotional purposes and so they may end up in store soon
0: Eh. I mean anybody can buy raspberries and blueberries and do this
2: Indeed, they can.
0: Is it is it going to be price effective if it, if the price if if the cost of you know however you buy these things I don't know what a carton of raspberries is it was it like thirty raspberries or is it more than that? Uh,
2: um, you know it's really fucking expensive berries.
0: Yeah, right, right. I this is why I, I'm sitting here, you know. Uh, stumbling around a bit on <laughs> how many berries come in a carton because I can't tell you the last time I've bought berries. Uh, we don't have <laughs> berries in my house. We're not a berry you, household.
2: Really? Well, I'm we would, a big berry. I'm a big berry person. I, Very
0: big. I like them. Uh, we, we we're working hard on getting my kid into a smoothie frame of mind, and he he's not there yet. So as soon as he flips over to smoothies, there'll be berries in the house. But I, I'm dubious of whether, you know, these what what the price point of the brass is gonna come come in at.
2: Uh I don't know. And I don't think they know yet because they don't know how to like mass produce these, as you've, you know, I've alluded to. Yeah. But it'll be really expensive. Like I'm gonna go with like minimum seven dollars.
0: Oh, get the F out of here. No way.
2: No <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> Berries are really expensive.
0: Why? Well, how much is a carton of blueberries?
2: Um, minimum four dollars.
0: And how much is a carton of of, of raspberries? Same thing.
2: Yeah, uh, blackberries are the really pricey one.
0: They're not. They're not even that good. Like I'm. I'm oh fine God. with I, them.
2: I don't agree, but they're I fine. Love
0: fruit. I like them. Like with ice cream. I like them with uh, whipped cream. I like you know, those. You know, I like a berry crumble. I mean, in, I'm into it as a as a side as a side joint. But I'm not doing berries by, by themselves, and I'm definitely not doing raspberries by themselves. <laughs>
2: All okay, right, you're not a berry man. Good to know. What's your favorite fruit?
0: Uh, I'm a bear- mango or something. No, I'm a strong banana guy. You know, it's got everything in there. Still. Bananas are spectacular. They, they can be uh, used in in a whole variety of of ways. They can they can you can add it with a savory food, and they're delicious. You can have them sweeten them up. You can have a delicious banana cream pie. I, I like the versatility of the banana and the ubiquity of the banana.
2: Okay. All right. I, I respect it. I mean, banana cream pie. I mean, banana uh, ice cream, yogurt. Right, all right,
0: right. Yeah, you and me both.
2: Um. Okay, House, moving on.
0: Move on. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready.
2: We're going into the wild for this one. Far into the wild. This comes to us from New Jersey. And this is the story of a bear. Channeling Winnie the Pooh with its head stuck in a honeypot. This is from NorthJersey.com. A large black bear with an apparent sweet tooth smashed a car window to get to the two dozen cupcakes inside. Nothing was left behind to the chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry cupcakes except for some smeared icing and a paw print. Christine Allen, who owns a bakery, left the cupcakes in her Honda SUV parked in the White Meadow Lake area on Wednesday night. On Thursday morning, she found a smashed rear window, no cupcakes, a paw print on the backseat headrest, lots of smeared icing. And she said he ate every single one. This is incredible to me, like just absolutely incredible. Because have you ever been camping?
0: I have. I, I, and you know, you're you know what like kind hang of
2: hang the food. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the
0: kind of camper that, that stays in the RV. Like I'm not, I don't get out there and try and get on the ground in the tent and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I, I, I don't really want to go to, uh, I, I don't really want to go camping, like in general. Like, yeah, I'm like if there's a if there's a hotel, yes, I'm in. That's right. But why are we going to the wilderness when you could sleep in a bed? Like, if, if it's like, what's the what's the appeal of camping? Like, to be in the outdoors, to unplug. Like, just unplug your phone at the hotel.
0: That that's kind of my idea. Now I I get the point you're making. And you're right. This is a part another reason to not go camping. You have to be very uh, sensible about how to to protect your food and yourself. From from visitors o- overnight because the the natural smell of of human food whatever it gives off in the in the environs of of where these uh, these these creatures you know make their natural habitat uh, we we we're, it's really an invitation please please come eat 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 our food please don't eat us so whatever precautions people take uh, to protect their food. You know, good, good, good for you and everything like that. Here's my question for Christine.
2: Yes. Why
0: were the cupcakes in the car?
2: That's a great question. Maybe she forgot them or she was, even though I park my car immediately outside of my front door every day, sometimes I'm like just too tired to like bring my stuff inside. Maybe she was really tired.
0: but i can understand leaving your dry cleaning in the car and and by the way i have left my dry cleaning in the car and had it stolen had it stolen overnight like i put it in the car the night before so i could go to the dry cleaner early in the morning and it came out and the windows smashed and the dry cleaning has gone um but the, the the cupcakes isn't the best way to enjoy a cupcake the same day as it was made
2: yes definitely that's
0: optimal uh The other thing I'm wondering about: how prevalent are the bears in in Rockaway?
2: Well, there's one bear. That's the good question. There's one bear, and it's been wreaking havoc. And there's like it's a cute. It's like a little bear too. It's not even that big. But I I actually have heard, not related to the story, that um, climate climate change has contributed to like bears not hibernating and Mm. bears having a change of of of, like of um, normal habits and patterns, and that might be part of this problem.
0: Uh oh. That would be bad. I don't want to, you know, on the one hand, I support global warming because of what it means for golf and, 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 you know, my ability to play golf year round. I mean, I understand how ridiculous that statement is, by the way. Um, I don't support (laughs) more bears. I don't want to be out on the golf course in January and be visited by a bear who couldn't hibernate.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm I'm
0: against that.
2: Of course you are. Bears are scary. Have you ever seen one like in the wild?
0: No, I'm, I'm out. I, I want no contact at all. Like snakes I can handle. I don't have any problem with snakes in terms of you know being out in the wild. Uh, big, big bugs and stuff. I'm cool with all that. No chance do I want to see a bear. I don't want to see it because if I see it, that means he could see me and I don't want to be figuring out whether he's a friendly brown bear or whether he's got any grizzly or any of that stuff. I don't want any contact with the bear.
2: No bears. No bears for you. No, no camping bears for me. No bears for you. That's
0: right. <laughs> for, seriously.
2: Okay. Well, we've got that clear. Next. <laughs> okay. This is a story about coffee and two beloved brands. There was a recent poll. By the Harris Poll, which is a polling company, and their um, Equitrend sent survey And the annual study, now in its thirtieth year, has seventy-seven thousand participants, and it looks at familiarity, quality, and purchase consideration to see who deserves to be the name, who deserves to be named the best in their field. Starbucks knocked out Dunkin' Donuts last year, but this year they couldn't hold on to it because Krispy Kreme got the top slot as the most preferred coffee brand in America, and that is pretty shocking.
0: Well, it's it's not just shocking; it's it's BS. I mean, actually, I've I had, never
2: even had Krispy Kreme coffee. I, and had, I like Krispy Kreme donuts.
0: Right? I had Shea Serrano on, and he said bullshit. So I can say bullshit. That, that's that's just flat out bullshit. I mean, it, it the the idea of um, having coffee as an accompaniment to your donuts is obviously very sensible, and. uh Krispy Kreme, speaking of ubiquitous, is everywhere—at least here on the East Coast. Uh, One thousand locations nationwide, um, but nobody thinks that Krispy Kreme—and maybe this is—I uh, hope this isn't um, coastal elitism—nobody hey. that I know, we'll put it that way, thinks that Krispy Kreme is a coffee shop. That yeah. it's it's a, it's a, it's a. Goddamn donut, donut, donut shop. Right. That's it was a
2: big deal when Krispy Kreme came to the Northeast. Do you remember?
0: I do. It was it was it was groundbreaking. It was earth shattering. It was life altering.
2: And it was a big deal because of the donuts, not because of the freaking coffee.
0: Yeah. So how about this? Is is McDonald's going to be entered into this next
2: year? I mean maybe I do like McDonald's coffee So do I You know what
0: I've had McDonald's coffee You know what I've never had Krispy Kreme coffee
2: It's so true I've never had it either I actually think McDonald's is known for having good coffee. That's not even so far fetched. Like it's like a thing people know about McDonald's.
0: Yeah, if if you told me that McDonald's beat out Starbucks, I'd be like, yeah, that's a kind of interesting. Good on McDonald's. You know, as they continually try to reinvent their brand and and come up with new and interesting things for people to consume, they have the footprint. You know they're they're genuinely ubiquitous. Uh, so if they get came up with a good recipe for coffee, that would make sense. The main thing that my big complaint about McDonald's coffee, you can't really get a a very basic iced coffee at McDonald's in my experience.
2: So they have it, but. It becomes like a really creamy monstrosity. Nope. Like not creamy like ice cream. I'm out. But like they, use, they use the little um, whole milk or, or creamers and little packets or whatever that you get at a diner. Out. And that doesn't make for a good coffee.
0: Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want any of that. <laughs> I want ice and coffee and iced coffee. That's what I want. Those are the ingredients. To,
2: can I share my biggest source of anger when it comes to coffee? Let me hear it. When you're like at a restaurant or cafe or whatever, and you're like, hey, can I get an off- iced coffee? And they're like, yeah, I could make an iced coffee for you. And then... I just then I immediately have to change course because I know what's going to happen. Right, is they're going to get the hot coffee, get a cup of ice, and pour the hot coffee over it, and then that tastes disgusting. That's not acceptable. Yeah, and so iced coffee is a distinct beverage. It's brewed differently. I'm not even talking about cold brew, but like just regular plain iced coffee. And so if you don't have iced coffee, don't offer me hot coffee over ice. That's not what I'm ever going to want.
0: Ever, and 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 that's not what I'm asking for. If you if I say do you have iced coffee, the answer if you haven't brewed it properly is no we don't have iced coffee we have hot coffee that we brewed for people to drink hot but we don't have iced coffee because you're not don't go get that hot coffee and pour it over ice unless you want to taste these hands
2: (laughs) um house do you have a favorite fast food coffee other than starbucks
0: uh, I mean, I love Duncan. It's just, it's, it's you know Oops. that 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 was really my my coffee orientation. Uh, my coffee palate was really developed up there in New England. I don't like to give New England credit for many things, but uh, my coffee awakening occurred. I I lost my virginity in New England, and I lost my coffee virginity <laughs> in New England. So you know, to, so it's a
2: really important place to yeah, you.
0: Yeah, right. A couple important things happened up there. <laughs>
2: love it love it house um in case you're wondering i I too love uh dunkin donuts i recently had their um dark brew for the first time oh dark
0: brew, yeah go ahead
2: it was delicious it is really good
0: i agree with that i am right there with you on the dark brew
2: (laughs) all right house that's all i got for you we've
0: done it that's plenty i think uh julia don't give
2: don't give me hot coffee over iced ever
0: you have any travel coming up
2: Going to New York, including a trip to the Adirondacks right the first weekend of June. And just so you know, I won't be missing any NBA Finals uh, games. Thanks to my friend Katie for getting married at a convenient time for my NBA schedule.
0: Oh, she she, she put it directly uh, in the, in, a, in a sweet spot so you won't have to miss any Finals games.
2: Yeah, well, Thursday and Sunday games. And that's great because I'll get home in time from the Adirondacks for game two.
0: Very thoughtful. Very thought. Great job, Katie.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to the Adirondacks, where I'm sure I'll have some—I will be hitting up some, like, gas station, corner store. I love the kind of rural— we have everything here. What do you need? But like, when we don't actually have everything, but like, every anything you actually need, we have here. That's, I love that kind of store, like in in, in like a rural area. You, That's you excited.
0: and me both. Well, Shay was just telling us about how there's a pizza place uh, inside a convenience store in San Antonio that he's made a good relationship with. they let him fling some dough back there. I don't know oh, if he was, cool. I don't know if he was being uh, uh, serious or not because I never could tell with Shay. But you know, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to Raleigh, Durham. I'm headed down to Raleigh, Ooh. North Carolina, which has got a really great food scene going oh, go on right ahead. now. I'm not sure. Uh, I, we have a little family down there. It's Memorial Day weekend, so we're going to see some some, some uh, uh, grandma and grandpa and brother-in-law and and uh, the little baby, and and we're going to do some fine eating. Raleigh is really on the come up with the food scene, so I'm very excited.
2: And also, it's the research triangle, so you could like get smart while you're there.
0: I'm not interested in that. The only research I'm interested in doing is... Belly sourcing. Belly sourcing. Belly sourcing. You got it, Juliet. Nice. Yeah.
2: That sounds great. Thanks, my well, friend. Ho- hope you have a great time.
0: You Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. So we'll compare notes on the Adirondacks and Raleigh.
2: Can I just ask you one question? Please do. How long is that drive? I don't know anything about American geography.
0: From from DC to Raleigh, you can do it in less than four hours with my wife and child in the car. It's more like five and a half hours because <laughs> of you know all the nonsense that we mustn't. In, in in yeah, so we must indulge a lot of nonsense. But me in the car by myself, it can be done in less than less than four hours. It's also Good. a super short flight. It's like a forty-five minute flight, which is sure. nice as well. So. yeah we'll see if i can get a bonus out of bill simmons i'll fly down there
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay have a great time house can't wait to hear about it yeah
0: yeah all right julia thank you all right my taste buds there we go another beautiful edition of house of carbs in the cookbooks so to speak Loved chatting with our good pal Shea Serrano. Very, very humbled to have him on. How about this for belly sourcing this week? I haven't seen a lot of gumbo. And I especially am interested in this. This, I mean, really intrigued by it, these crab legs in the in the Houston gumbo that Shay's wife Laramie's pulling pull together. Belly source us some gumbo at the House of Carbs is the Instagram uh, tag. Hit us up there. And Belly Source has some photos of your gumbo. We're psyched to see it coming up on upcoming editions of the House of Carbs. We're getting meaty now that it is grilling season. We've got Pat LaFrida coming on. We've got Adam Perry-Lang coming on. We're going to be talking about a lot of different cuts of meat and how to grill those suckers. Until then, my friends, let's stay hungry out there.